time for VidPow Tube Talk, everyone's favorite podcast for video marketing tips. Brought to you by VidPow. This is Dane Golden of Hey.com sitting in for Jeremy Vest of VidPow. Today we have Matt Geelin, G-I-E-L-E-N of Little Monster Media Co. Uh, when it comes to how to YouTube works, Matt is just the guy that sees the matrix. I've said this before and I'll say it again. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, Matt released the his third version of reverse engineering the YouTube algorithm, or or whatever it's called, and uh, at VidCon, (laughs) what's it called? So the report we released was cracking YouTube in 2017, and the presentation was just reverse engineering the YouTube algorithm and. Uh, it kind of carried off of uh, the previous blog post that I've written, reverse engineering the YouTube algorithm part one and part two on TubeFilter. Yeah, so you can you can get that info on TubeFilter or on littlemonstermediaco.com. Is that correct? That is correct. Matt, I want to jump right in and ask you maybe it's a basic uh, question, but you're tired. In some of the stuff you just released, you're talking a lot about video planning and structure, really. You're talking about how long videos should be and how often videos should be posted. And, you know, frankly, a lot of people are going are gonna to be listening or p- posting YouTube and say, listen, I just want to upload my videos. It's your job to tell me how, how to get people to watch them. Uh, why do I need all this math and can't you just get me better distribution? Why do you need to tell me how long videos need to be or how long they should be posted? What would you, how would you respond to that? Oh, coming right out of the gate firing there, Dane. Boom. Um, <laughs> um, <clears throat> well, just, I would take a deep breath and a sip of water and then I would probably say, I get that and um, I understand, but it's a bit of a symbiotic relationship where you have to design programming and your programming strategy around the platform on which you're distributing that content. And what we've seen from the platform and from the audience on that platform, in this case YouTube, um, that what they want are videos that appear to be, or what it appears that they want, is videos between 7 and 16 minutes in length. What we've also seen is that there appears to be a direct correlation between the volume of videos you're posting and the amount of viewership that you're getting. So, um, you know, in that regard, those are two of the biggest driving factors of viewership where we see the strongest correlations. Um, then my advice would be to create content within that framework. And if you don't want to create content within that framework, then you just have to accept the fact that you'll probably or potentially generate lower performance as a result. So let's talk about some of the new numbers you've come up with. You, you, you said there's a certain length of videos that do better and a certain frequency that they come out. So what are those numbers? Yeah, so I'll answer your second question first, which is about frequency of post. Essentially what we saw was that for video, for channels that are doing, I'm sorry, for videos that generate between 5 million and 20 million views, those videos are being posted to channels that on average are uploading 91 videos uh, every six months, right? And then for videos that do over 20 million views, the average volume of distribution 
um, from those channels are 115 uploads per month. And so generally speaking, you can say something along the lines of, well, if there's 26 weeks in um, half a year, right, and half a year you see 91 uploads that they're posting a little over three videos um, per week for um, videos that get between 5 million and 20 million views. So that's a, a pretty high frequency. And then when you go to 20 million plus, Right. The average there was about 115 videos per six months, um, which equates to uh, nearly um, four and a half, five videos per week. So um, the, the greater the frequency of upload onto your channel, we see there is a strong correlation between the average views those videos get. Now, that doesn't mean necessarily that if you just start pumping out, you know, um, three, four videos a week, your views are going to be between 5 million and 20 million. It's just the average that we saw. And we should also um, put into that by saying that we looked at channels that had 50,000 subs or more, mm-hmm. right? So like that's kind of the, the threshold that we were looking at. So there wasn't a lot of, um, I'm guessing there's not a lot of brand videos you're looking at. These are mostly YouTubers because YouTubers... Some brands get more subs than that, but most mostly they're YouTubers and media companies. We or do you know? Um, well, all the data was provided to us anonymized. Um, there are not a lot of consumer packaged good brands that have more than fifty thousand subscribers on YouTube. Mm-hmm. There, there are definitely some, um, but for the most part, there's not. Um, but you know that's. That being said, I, I would say that I look at every YouTube channel as a brand, right? Mm-hmm. And whether you're an individual YouTuber, a media company, consumer packaged goods, software as a service, um, you know, any any field you go in, into, um, you know, as it pertains to YouTube, you are a brand, and so in in that regard, um, the the rules still apply the same. Is that what you're saying? Regardless of what what the video is about, yeah, I I think when people hear brand, they think of someone who's going to advertise on my videos, right, or run a lot of promotion against their videos to juice the views or jack up the views. And it's perfectly possible that some of those channels and some of those videos were taken into account within these metrics. But I think that was kind of the benefit of doing um, eleven hundred channels and. Um, 70,000 videos where any one channel or any one um, video isn't going to um, totally screw everything in terms of um, giving us good data. So, and did you say the length of the video? Oh, in terms of the length of the video, what we found was um, videos that were between 7 and 16 minutes got up to 50% more views, uh, especially in relation to videos that were shorter than that. And we looked at different time frames. <clears throat> so the time frames we looked at was one day, two days, seven days, and 30 days. And the biggest difference was at the seven-day mark. So videos that were seven to 16 um, minutes at the seven-day mark were getting about 20% of um, the number of subscribers on that channel to watch in raw viewership. 
right? Um, whereas videos that were shorter were only getting about 14%. Videos that were longer weren't too far behind. They were at about 19%, but it was still lower. But what we saw was when we got out to the 30-day mark, videos that were 7 to 16 minutes in length were getting about 32%, whereas videos that were longer than that were only getting about 27%, and videos that were shorter were getting about 26%. So the difference really got more significant as time went on. And so I want to back up just one second and talk about the methodology here because it's very, very just, difficult just so to compare. I, just to interrupt you, Matt, so, so the, but the number generally that you said was the best was between 7 and 16 minutes, generally. But now you're going to yeah, it's, tell me why. It's a curve. Yeah, okay. um, it's, a, it's definitely a curve. But the, the methodology behind why we look at the uh, viewership as a percentage of subscribers to each individual channel is so that we can weight the videos more accurately based on the potential reach of any individual channel within its subscriber base. Now, there's all sorts of differences in there, but it's really the only way other than potentially like monthly views or six-month views to really do apples-to-apples comparisons um, on individual videos and um, the, the perform and those videos' performance. So, for example, if you have 50,000 subscribers and you post a video and on the first day it does 100,000 views, that's far more impressive than if you have 2 million subscribers and on the first day it does 100,000 views, mm-hmm. right? The percentages are massively different. And so by weighting them based on the number of subscribers you have at the time of release, it gives us a much more accurate picture as to the potential success of a video across uh, a wide array of channels. But, but you're not I, – I think you're probably not saying that I could just – um, shoot a video of birds at the park for 10 minutes and post that three times a week and I would be a YouTube star? No, I'm, I'm definitely not saying that because I, I would highly doubt that um, your subscribers would come back time and time again to, to watch that video. There's a lot more in there. Um, what I equated it to in the presentation was you can't really sit down and tell an editor make me a video that gets a five to eight minute average view duration, right? What you can do is you can do some back of the napkin math and determine roughly how long your video needs to be in order to get that five to eight minute average view duration, um, which is what we saw be a pretty big sweet spot in terms of viewership for uh, any individual video, both on a one, two, seven, and 30 day timeframe. And so the... While five to eight minutes is kind of the sweet spot for average view duration, you can't really set out to craft a video to do that until you've posted some stuff. And then once you do expand the length, assuming you have to expand it or shorten the length, assuming you have to shorten it um, until you've posted some of those videos and seen what the average view duration was. Now, that's not to say that that's the right solution for everyone, right? There, There are curves and there are plenty of outliers, especially when you get to the 30 day mark. What we're just saying is that we see this pattern broadly. Could you talk, uh, Matt, you've spoken about before and not necessarily this time, but um, some of the things I see, because I work with uh, brand channels uh, a bit, um, and by that I mean sometimes B2Bs, sometimes B2Cs, um, and sometimes they're posting a ton of videos, like great, great frequency, but 
they seem like they're sort of locked in at a very low number of views, and sometimes the views get worse the more videos they post. And you've spoken about in, in the past about how um, if your video gets somehow below average, future videos on that channel, of maybe on a totally different topic, are generally going to do worse. Is that, am I saying that correctly? <clears throat> Excuse me. Yes, um, generally speaking. So um, in reverse engineering the YouTube algorithm too, which was based on the Google paper, Deep Neural Networks for YouTube Recommendations, um, and in the presentation I gave at VidCon, essentially what you're, what you're discussing is a concept of uh, collaborative filtering or essentially just individual user preference. And so what ends up happening is like, let's say you have a channel that has 10,000 subscribers and you know, you've been posting regularly, you know, once or twice a week. And all of a sudden you start uploading 10, 15, 20 videos a week. Well, of those 10,000 subscribers, if you were getting 5,000 of them to watch every video you put up, and all of a sudden there starts to be, you know, tens and twenties and hundreds of videos going up that they can't watch, but YouTube is still recommending those videos to them. Um, essentially over time with the machine learning going on at YouTube and powering the algorithm, they're going to stop serving those videos to people that have not expressed an interest through viewership, uh, your videos, right? And so uh, that's essentially, <clears throat> excuse me the a potential outcome of just increasing the frequency of posts without increasing the value uh, of video or at least keeping the, the value of the video the same to the audience, right? And so would you rank the value? Yeah. Would you just say the value in this case is simply the audience has determined they want to watch it for a significant duration? Would that be a good shorthand of saying what would be value in this situation? Potentially. Um, it's that combined with their click-through rate on your videos and how that compares in relation to other videos on that topic and how that compares in relation to um, other videos not on that topic that YouTube thinks that that person might be interested in. But um, in, in short, though, a poorly watched video, can it affect future videos? Potentially. I think we're seeing less of that. Um, generally across YouTube where um, let's say you have a B content strategy where you upload behind the scenes or this and that we're seeing that have far less of an impact on viewership than it used to have. Um, and what that does mean is that YouTube's getting better, I think better at categorizing videos and showing, you know, potential videos to your subscribers that they've shown an interest in a particular series or something like that. And other ones that they've shown that they're not interested in not showing them those videos. Right. Um, okay. So YouTube likes to say that the, uh, the algorithm is audience driven, which is, um, a very, uh, convenient way for them to, not take responsibility for it uh, while simultaneously keeping complete ownership over it, if that makes sense. So um, what we're seeing more and more is that if you think about the algorithm in terms of a, an equation that has a goal of generating watch time, right? So 
and then you think of the individual metrics in that equation or variables in that equation as all the potential data and metrics YouTube is learning about individual viewers and about uh, videos and about channels, the weighting on uh, W-E-I-G-H-T-I-N-G, weighting uh, on various elements can be dialed up and down. My assumption is that there's very little of that being manually done, and the vast majority of that is being done in machine learning and the deep neural network. Well, what about, so you've, you've also mentioned that day one viewership, the, 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 basically if you can get the most number of views or the highest percentage of views in relation to subs, basically day one you're saying is super important. And I mean, clearly, you, I mean, I'm assuming you can't just run the video as a pre-roll and get views that way or, you know, pay robots to watch it. How do you, I mean... This is this is sort of the whole the whole thing of of audience development. But how do you how do you get them to watch on that first day? I mean, sure. What's the key? What are the yeah. You know, I, I wish it was a, a simple answer. Um, essentially, get there's a number of factors. Yeah, that's the first. That's the biggest first part, right? Where. You know, your title and thumbnail have a very outsized importance on your first day performance. Um, but I would say even beyond that, both of those aspects of your video stem from the programming choice, what you choose to make, how you choose to make it, what format it's in, what style it's in, what topic it covers is going to have the greatest impact on your overall viewership because that, in large part, is going to determine your title and your thumbnail, assuming you're trying to accurately title and uh, make a thumbnail. Um, so you're saying, so, ju- just, just talk about video games? <laughs> <laughs> um, if it were only that simple. Um, but all of that takes, a, or all of that demands a deep understanding of your audience. Right. So if you don't understand your audience, you're not going to understand what those answers should be in terms of um, what should we make? How should we make it? What should we make it about? uh, When should we post it, et cetera? Because if you don't know what your audience is into, people that have watched your previous content, people that have subscribed to you, people who have opted in for notifications, um, you're just going to be kind of like shooting in the dark and saying, well, you know, I think they like this. or I think they like that. Um, you know, I'll make more like that. So I, I was, I asked you a very unfair question is basically, how do you do what you do in one sentence? Um, <laughs> but, but, but I think you did mention at the, um, at VidCon that optimization begins at the, at the, at the drawing board or did you say Optimization begins on the whiteboard. On yeah. The whiteboard. Yeah. You did say that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 you know, in a lot of ways, that's great news for producers, right? Like there's never been a better time to be a producer on YouTube where you can actually understand less about the algorithm and be better off. Now, that doesn't mean that um, there isn't a tremendous amount of value in a deep knowledge of the platform and a deep knowledge of the audience. It just means that there's probably a bit less waiting to people who are um, growth hackers that are just, you know, um, 
kind of doing like heartless or soulless content that is designed just to drive viewership. Um, but it does mean that they have a, a greater chance of prospering on the platform. I wanted to ask you one last question, Matt. Um, you talked a lot about freshness versus relevancy in the, um, in the paper. Uh, does this mean, you know, people are not going to see my old videos anymore? No, definitely not. Um, there's a, there's a couple things in there. First of all, um, YouTube is placing more emphasis, especially as it pertains to suggested videos and the browse page on fresh videos or new videos. And uh, one of the rumors floating around YouTube is that this is because they sped up their process processing time significantly. And it was just the logical outcome of the processing time because people prefer fresh content, stuff that they haven't seen before but no that definitely doesn't mean that the library of content won't um, continue to be extremely valuable right how to build a chair if you have the best how to build a chair video will always be relevant to someone searching for how to build a chair right um, you know unless something crazy happens in the woodworking industry that I am not aware of um, where you know how to make a chair becomes irrelevant because we all have 3d printers in our space capsules or whatever it is um, so old content can still get surfaced if it's good. Yeah, hundred percent. Absolutely. It's if, if a video is going to drive quote unquote watch time on site, it will still be served. Now what we are seeing is, um, there appears to be a greater impetus to, uh, promote new videos on new videos and to promote older videos on older videos. So, if you do um, evergreen content, uh, then chances are you'll have a higher percentage of uh, older videos in your suggested videos from yourself than you will for um, uh, newer, more trendy, topical type stuff. Okay. And uh, Matt Keelan, where, again, can they find this study and where can they find you? Find it and me on littlemonstermediaco.com. That's Matt Geelan. He sees the matrix when it comes to YouTube. My name is Dane Golden from Hey.com. Find me there or at Dane Golden everywhere. And uh, also find Jeremy Vest of VidPow at VidPowBam on Twitter and at VidPow.com. Until next week, keep talking to... Thanks for listening to this episode of Tube Talk. Want to help grow Tube Talk? Please share this episode with your friends and colleagues. Questions? Comments? Email them to us at tubetalk at vidpow.com.